Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Scott, your host of Cue the Smoke with my co-host, Tom, out of the UK. Good evening, Tom. Good evening. Hey, today, folks, we have a very special episode. It is more of a roundtable between uh, Greg Rakestraw, you know, the voice of the Indio Evan. Welcome, Greg. Hello, boys. And Amon Zayed, Mr. Hattrick, the leading scorer of the Indy 11 all-time. Amon, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Oh, great. I oh. mean, the, uh, the show, obviously, a few weeks ago must have been that great. That oh, you know, no, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, the viewer count must have been really high if you want to be back on a few weeks later. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, the coach and the technical director of the new USL1 expansion team, Northern Colorado Hairstorm. Uh, I did hit you on Twitter. I want the swag because I want to walk around Indy and people go, who is that? And I want to be the guy that says, you'll have to see. So that's, I want to be your walking billboard when that happens. So yeah. actually, well, if you, you can see the video here, I have a, I mean, people obviously can't see it, but you can see it. I have a, a wristband here, an Indy 11 wristband here. I'm sporting. <laughs> Very yes, he nice. Does, folks. Yes, he does. All right. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah. he does, he does support the old club. Appreciate it. Um, and I will validate for those listening. He does have that. Um, first of all, gents, thanks so much for this afternoon in, in doing this. I know we all have very busy schedules, so uh, we're going to get right into it. Um, here we go again, up and down season. You scratch your head, you beat your head against the wall. Um, a lot was to be said when they let Jordan Hamilton go. It was kind of, we let him go. We didn't hear too much about it after that. I know we all have our opinions and I'm not looking for in-depth details. Um, and then you start seeing these things on Twitter, Wednesday night, the loss in Tulsa, the controversial PK. I, you know, I, I am not the expert in this, but I've always believed that a referee should never determine the outcome of a match, whether it's football, soccer, baseball, basketball. They're there to maintain, uh, maintain the rules, but... I really believe Wednesday night was a three minute delay and everybody looked confused. Um, and to see it end up like that was kind of disheartening because I think we were doing well on the pitch and you know, it, it is what it is. We can't go back. There's no VAR. We just deal with it and we move on. Um, so gentlemen, I'm going to let Greg and Amon just kind of talk soccer. If you guys don't mind, I think, um, have at it guys. It, this is your show. Thank you. Well, again, I'll, I'll let you direct in terms of questions and, I, and I'll take the, sure. the first one in terms of Wednesday night. You know, I, I almost thought it was kind of like a three act play. Um, I thought in the first 20 minutes, we were lucky not to be down three or four goals uh, just because Tulsa was, was consistently on the attack and Marlon Santos has given us fits each of the last two times that we have played in Tulsa, the two nil victory back on August the 4th. And then the two, one loss on, on Wednesday night, you know, there was a rare goalkeeper change due to injury. Sean Lewis, who's a guy that Eamon played against when Sean was, was in Jacksonville five years ago. Uh, he comes down with, with a, a, what appeared to be a bit of a groin injury, thigh injury, whatever the case was. And even though the changing goalkeepers really didn't affect anything for Tulsa, I thought they kind of killed the momentum that they had at the start of that match. And that kind of allowed Indy 11 to kind of catch their breath. And luckily only the one goal had been allowed. You look at, at coming back off of that break in the first half where, you know, then Indy, I thought, was frankly the better team, you know, for the remaining 65, 70 minutes of that match. Uh, and and it was it was bound to be a 1-1 draw heading in that direction. And, yes, there have been issues in terms of 
any Indy not taking enough chances, not finishing the chances they have. And you can look back at that match and you can point to occasions where they should have done better than they did from an offensive standpoint. But that being said, I thought that penalty call was absolutely egregious. Uh, and, and in my time of being with the team, I'm sitting here trying to think of one that was worse. And, and it's, it's tough for me to find one. I'm not sure if one point is going to be the difference uh, in, in terms of making a playoff spot or not. It might be, given how things are lining up with, with 10 matches left to go. But it, it, was, it was bad. And, and, it's, and it's always amplified when it's so late in the match. You know, if, if there's a bad call that goes against you in minute 25, 45, or 65, you at least feel like you've got time to rectify it or time to do something about it. When that call happens like minute 87 or minute 88, there's not much you can do at that juncture of the match. So, listen, you know, this has been kind of a year for the Indy 11 that if things can go wrong, they find a way to go wrong. But that was something that was kind of out of the Indy 11's control on Wednesday night. I thought that was a shame. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'll jump in there as well, just on, on Wednesday night's game. I agree completely with, with Greg. I mean, I think, um, you know, the results, a fair result probably would have been a, a, a tie, a 1-1 one, one tie. I thought, um, you know, Tulsa did start off strong and then Indy 11 came back into it and, and they looked well in the game. Um, and they were well in the game. Um, so I think a point would have been a fair result. Again, things are just not going for Indy right now. So um, it was, you know, obviously it was it was a terrible call. You'd like to think that throughout the season, them calls kind of even themselves out. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, you know, but I think Greg mentioned, obviously, in, you know, when you get a penalty against you um, to lose the game at such a late stage in the game, you're right. There's not much you can do, and it's so frustrating, and and it obviously amplifies the result even more. Uh, however, if you look at the, if you kind of zoom out and look at the overall season, there's still so much to go in the season. Um, I mean, in the in the eleven, it's it's in their hands. Like if like I don't believe that if you know if if they don't make the playoffs by a point, which could very well happen, that you can look back on the Tulsa game and go, oh well, that penalty. <laughs> Yeah. There's been so much, obviously, already that's yep. gone on in the year, and there's so much more to be played. I mean, that, like the 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 group that they're in. I mean, that the playoff spot, that four playoff spot, is up for grabs. Anybody can really take that one. Um, I don't know if 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 teams are gonna catch um the the teams ahead of them, the three teams ahead of them now, especially with Tulsa winning on Wednesday. But it's well within their reach and in their own hands and in the players' hands and in the coaches' hands to. To kind of move on now from Wednesday night and obviously there's a home game a very 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 winnable game on Saturday um but you know a, a, a shit result um if I can say that um terrible result you just did we're well, good obviously <laughs> down but um but look I mean Saturday Saturday is a great chance for them to bounce back and kind of forget that and there's so much more in the season for them to come back and and make things right you know yeah it, it is interesting you say that because if it really does come down to one point, there's a lot of other parts of the season they can look at and say, you know. I No, there, yeah. there's, so, there's so much going on within the 11 this year that that is not the reason. That will not be the reason. It, it's obviously, it's, it's you know, uh, a game that they definitely should have got a point from, but that is absolutely not the reason why they're in a position they are right now and if they may not make playoffs. Yeah, no, yeah it'll just it'll just be a number one a number of uh, one number of reasons why 
the game the other night, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't like, I don't know, as a player, I never, I never, like, I, you know, as a player, you're really, really frustrated um, when a referee makes a, a, you know, a bad call. And I know as a coach, that's going to be amplified even more so. Um, but I would, I'd never, ever blame a result on a referee. Um, I just wouldn't, um, you know, because uh, I, I, I just don't want it to go there. I don't want it to leave it in a referee's hands. I want to, you know, um, you know, whether it's take my chances um, in a game or, or, I just do not give the opposition or the referee a chance to, to do that because it's going to happen and it'll happen throughout the year. I'm sure there's going to be more bad calls, um, you know, from referees um, on Indy 11 for the rest of the season. You just have to deal with it. Yeah, well, they're all human beings. And yeah. now that I've had time to think about it, and obviously during the game, I was just like everybody else looking at the screen, shaking my head, going, what are they doing? And then to see him pull a yellow on Jordan, I'm like, oh, well, okay. Jordan's a little yeah. excited little animated uh so needless to say yeah look but you know you look back on it and even even at my son's level you know when I helped coach him in rec plus I would talk to the ref before the game and, and I always kind of said jokingly but I always kind of meant it I don't care how you call the game just make sure you do it the same for both teams yeah. if you're going to be bad be bad everywhere if you're going to call it tight be tight everywhere just try to make it even but at that 85th, 86th, 87th minute at that point, it's just like, geez. And it took them two to three minutes to figure out what was going on. And I think that's what made it worse. Yeah. It, it wasn't an instant decision from the center ref saying, okay, boom, penalty kick. He seemed like he was kind of in no man's land, scratching his head, trying to figure out what just happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if you watch it back, if you watch it back, he actually does point to the spot immediately. But then I think the player, he obviously gets surrounded by the players and then he goes to talk with the linesman and then he stands by his original decision. That's what looks happens because he definitely oh, okay. does point to the spot straight away. I've watched it back. Yeah. Well, there you go. Interesting to say the least. So I didn't see, I didn't look at it again. I didn't want to look at it again, probably for yeah. the lack of better, <laughs> lack of better deals. But let's move forward. We've got a game Saturday against Sporting Kansas City 2. Um, I hate to say should be winnable, uh, but yeah, we should win this game Saturday. Is it a must win? I think we've put ourselves in a position that now in the season, everything becomes a must win. Um, if we're looking for that fourth playoff spot. Yeah. I, you know, just look, I'm just right here now looking at the schedule ahead for in the 11. And I mean, look, the patch that they've just been on, um, you know, their last few games, um, I'm trying to see how many points. Obviously, they lost to Tulsa, lost to Atlanta. Um, they beat Real Monarchs. They, they tied what a couple of weeks ago with Sporting. And then Loudon, that thing at Loudon. I mean, I mean, I mean don't talk to me about don't talk to me about Lagoon because that's I yeah. cannot. I genuinely cannot wrap my head around that. Um, <laughs> you know, and then obviously, yeah, be, like those games that they had from Atlanta two away when they lost six two, like that stretch of games, they really should have got more points. Um, and uh, and looking at the games ahead. Honestly, I would almost, uh, I'm, I'd almost say like on Saturday against Sporting Kansas is a must win because again they have Louisville to play and it, it, Atlanta who seem to be a bit of a bogey side, um, you know, Memphis again and no, I think they need to, I think they need to win if they do. Like I mean, they do. It's it's you know because they're running out of games and I mean, like realistically, like they should be. 
they should be beating Sporting Kansas. There's no disrespect. They should be. They should have beaten them away a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, we talked about that, and, and obviously the last, you know, the last kind of minute miss. But um, no, they have to be getting three points. And I'm sure, Greg, I'm sure you agree, do you not? Hey, listeners, this is Scott, your host of Cue the Smoke. And I wanted to take a brief moment and ask for your support. Head over to cuethesmoke.com forward slash support. And for a small donation of 99 cents a month, you'll help ensure that this podcast continues to grow and get better. Thanks a bunch. And back to the podcast. It's just been such a rough patch for this team. And, you know, you're talking about what, what the last few weeks have been like. Dude, it has felt this way from like June 2nd on. You know, this is a team that, you know, had had the one disappointing result, the home opener back at Carroll Stadium against Tulsa getting beat 2-0. But other than that, you win at Birmingham. You dominate Sporting Kansas City, too. You finally get the monkey off your back in terms of winning at Louisville, something this franchise, yeah. you know, obviously had never done. And you just kind of say, hey, this is, this is what we thought this team was going to be in the offseason. You took nine points from 12. You like where you were sitting. And there's been no positive momentum that has been sustained by this group since that time. Though, for example, the only time the Indy 11 have won back-to-back matches this year is the ones I just mentioned. Sporting Kansas City 2, May 22nd, Lou City on May 29th. And ever since then, you'll have these, these, these flashes, these pockets, kind of like the Real Monarchs game from a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago or the road win in Tulsa back on August the 4th. And then immediately afterwards, Either you get drubbed by Atlanta United, too. You get drubbed by, by Loudoun United. Uh, and then you have kind of the disappointing results of, of the last two weeks. I'll say this. I don't think Indy played poorly against Atlanta United, too, on Saturday. They just got beat by one really great shot by Aiden McFadden and got beat 1-0. Again, they probably should have pulled a point instead of not getting anything from the match on Wednesday. But that's been the real hard thing for the, for the fellas in the locker room. But also for the fans, there's just been nothing sustained good by this group in, in 2021. And that's what's made this you know, kind of a tough season for the team. Yeah, it's mad. I, like, I mean, I remember um, I remember the game against Luke City and it was a great game to watch um, from from a neutral spectator. But obviously as an indie fan watching it because um, because Louisville played well, it was a good game from both sides. But in the 11 showed they they showed what they were. I thought they showed what they were capable of um, against one of the best teams in the whole comp- in the whole you know USL championship. So I thought, all right, well, now you know that's the pinnacle. That's what you can get to. That's the level that you can perform and the results you can get. Um, and that was the benchmark, let's say. Um, and it's strange because usually when teams get a result like that and a performance like that against again, you just mentioned the rival that they hadn't beaten usually they get some momentum and they pick up results and, and, and things go a certain way, but um, I, I can't, it's hard to put your finger on. It's not like there was like a, a massive amount of injuries and they had that they had to deal with. Um, I, it's just so inconsistent. Win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, draw, lose, win. Like it's just so inconsistent. And that's so strange um, that, 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 that that's the way it's gone. There's just been no momentum and, yeah, again, when I look back to that game, I mean, that's the pinnacle, that's the benchmark, and they just haven't, haven't. it doesn't seem like they've reached it or even kind of been close to reaching that since. So here's the thing that I'll, I will share to, 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 to give some level of positivity to any 11 fans in terms of I, I have probably focused less on other teams and standings this year than I have in any other year just because 
I don't know what to expect from this group on a, on a weekly basis. I'm like, Hey, just go ahead and take care of the three points. Everything else, you know, will, will take care of itself. But right now we're talking about Indy, hopefully getting a fourth playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if it's Louisville that you would get in week one or potentially week two of the playoffs, you could say that Indy has played as well against Louisville as they have any team so far this year. They've scored five goals against Louisville in their two matches, and we will see Louisville twice in Indy over the next couple of months. As last season's kind of tailspin at the end happened, you, would, you saw that Louisville was definitively better than Indy. I mean, they came in here and put it to Indy in terms yeah. of at Lucas Oil. This year, it's been the opposite. You know, I, I thought Indy kind of sat on a 3-2 lead the last time they played at the end of June, and, and they shouldn't have um, because they had attacked and, and, and scored three goals in the first half. But it, they showed they were capable of scoring against this Loose City team. And this Loose City team has had a few more downs than ups as of late. Now, they did win at Hartford on Tuesday night. So if this Indy team can simply get in, you know, you, you, the, the potential is there to do something, but you shouldn't even worry about the playoffs right now. It's just a matter of, hey, can the team go out and win this Saturday? If the answer is yes, great. Then go try to go do it again the following Saturday. And then go do it again the game after that because you're just trying to build some level of positive momentum that's not been there really all summer long. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I mean, the positive I mean, the positive spin is that they st- it's still, the, okay, the coaches change, but um, I mean, the team, the players, there's still okay minus one one player who left recently but it's still the it's still the same team still the same players that are capable of of a performance and a result like that um so so it's within them it's not like it's not within them and they don't have a lack of quality like it, it's there there is results and performances in that group that is there right now um and that's the positive thing and also i guess the frustrating thing because as I said, they it's it's within them to go out and beat a Louis City and and whoever else a Birmingham, you know it's within them to do that. Um, it's just I, I imagine from obviously you guys that that get to see it you know live um, up close. I just I mean I I'd be pulling my hair out if you have any hair left, Greg, at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think a lot of us are, are pulling whatever hair we have left in our heads out. It, it's yeah, it, it's frustrating. And yeah. I think Greg made a good point. It's almost to the point you just have to take it one game at a time, because as just a casual fan who is invested in this, I don't know who's going to show up. I, we you sit there and you go, okay, what team is going to show up today? Is it the team that can go down to Louisville and just run rough shot and play a great soccer game? Or is it the team that shows up and gets beat by Loudon? You don't know. It's Jekyll and Hyde for the lack of better terms. It's, it's, it can be frustrating. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I have to say that like, you know, you're right. And Greg's right. And you need to just take it a, a game at a time. And even, even further than that, you need to just, just bring it back to the basics Um, because, you know, over the last few weeks and throughout the season, like a lot of the goals that India are conceding are basic mistakes. I mean, extremely basic mistakes. Some of the goals, especially obviously, you know, the Laudun away, I mean, absolutely like, you know, giving away goals, making mistakes that those players are, are better than that. And they know that, and I'm sure they do. Um, You know, so just, 
getting back to the basics of, of, of cutting out those mistakes. And then again, a little bit harder, but still basics of, you know, they are creating chances. And, and earlier in the season, I guess they were probably taking a lot more of those chances. But just the basic, basics of trying to like, just trying to hit, hit the back of the net, take some of these chances, work on that in training. Um, and, and I would really, as I said, game by game, and just look at the basics. Let's just, if we can just cut out the errors and the mistakes, um, those silly, silly goals to give away. Well, then, you know, as I said, they're always capable of, of, of scoring and, 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 and I can, they can maybe build momentum on that. Just extremely, as I said, step by step, basics, game by game. So, so what are your thoughts now that Arteaga is the man up top? We know that he's a he's a fixation in the team. It seems like since that was kind of happening, he's become a little bit more creative, a little bit more aggressive, uh, playing with a little bit more freedom. It just looks that way. Uh, yeah, like I'll tell you from my perspective as a forward, and I, please. you know. Look, it, it, it this really really it it, it, it it frustrates me a lot I, I i can bring it back to a few years ago when um was it 2019 2018 when in the 11 had um had dane kelly they had um illich they had in Volson, um who else um is it starikov is that how you pronounce his name um yes yeah they had about four or five options up front and any of them, or a number of them, could have been number one choice striker because um, they were all capable of doing it. Um, but what happened was there was a lot of mixing and matching, and maybe Dane Kelly would play one game and then they changed and play somebody else the next game. Maybe they played two front one game, maybe they play another, maybe they play a lone striker the next game. And as a forward, it just it doesn't work. Like it just doesn't. Um, you know, that's a it's it's a it's a unique position, I feel. Um, I, I, I'm not biased. It is a unique position. Like a forward is, a, is greedy, right? Um, and a goal scorer who is a forward is greedy. And scoring goals is all about um, confidence um, and um, be, having that confidence of, of obviously your, your, your coach and your teammates and you know you're going to play because you're going to miss chances and every striker is going to miss chances. But knowing that, you know, you're, you're, you're going to still play. You're going to get those chances. You're going to score goals um, and have the confidence that, you know, you're not going to get dropped if you don't score. Um, now, obviously, if you go through a number of games or somebody else comes on and does well, obviously that happens. But initially, having that, you know, I'm the number one striker. And, um, and, and I remember that year thinking, like, this is not going to work. And I remember, but this, before it even started, you sign all these players. I remember talking to Colin Falvey because the two of us would talk quite often about Indy 11 and what's going on and, you know, as fans and ex-players. And I and he's like, look, they're building some amount of squad and look at our forwards. And I said, it's, it's not going to work. Like, who's going to play? Who's going to be the main man, right? So you're going to get Dane Kelly as the main man. What about Envolson? Well, he's not going to be happy to sit in the bench and either as Illich, who obviously came down from Louisville, Louisville to try and probably be the main man. Um, so anyway, bringing it to this year, I remember, you know, again, again, talking to Colin Falvey and, and you know, thinking, all right, well, Arteaga and, and Hamilton um, are two, two, they are two goal scorers and they're two of them are capable of scoring, you know, 10 plus goals, maybe more. Um, but in the 11 has a lone striker. They don't really play with two up front. Um, so again, who's going to be the, who's going to be the main man? And, 
I remember I went down to to Birmingham. I was at that game, the first game of the season, and Hamilton was on the bench. And I remember thinking to myself, because he had scored a couple of goals in preseason and he'd done quite well, but so had Arteaga. And I remember thinking to myself, well, is he injured or what's going on? Because he's not going to be happy sitting on the bench. Um, you know, he's going to b- want to be the main man. And I think the following week, you play at home against Tulsa. I think that was the game he lost 2-0. And I think Hamilton played that game. And Arteaga was on the bench. Um, I-, I think it was that game or it was the game after. But I- anyway, I remember thinking like, this is not going to work because I know um, Martin Rennie, he liked to mix and match and he didn't like to have a main man as a striker. And I said, well, that's not going to work. Like, because I know the other striker is not going to be happy to be not playing because that's a position where you're, a goal scorer is just not going to be happy. Um, so from my perspective, it was interesting watching that unfold and, and, and seeing how the season would go. Um, and I remember again, I think uh, Jordan Hamilton came on, scored. I think he might have got a two against Louisville. Um, but then a game or two later, he's on the bench again. And I'm thinking, this is just not going to work out. And um, obviously I wasn't in the, in the changing room, so I don't know what was going on. Um, but just as a, you know, understanding the role of a striker and, and, and needing to feel loved and me- needing to feel like you're the main man, I just didn't think it was going to work. And, um, and I remember the game, the game that stood out to me um, was, it was a midweek game against, um, I think it was Atlanta, a midweek game where, um, where, where Jordan Hamilton, he hadn't played on the weekend before, but he played that game and he scored. And there was like no celebration out of him. He didn't celebrate. Um, uh, and yeah. to be honest, not many of the players went up to him. A couple of players went up to him and kind of gave him this half tap on the back. And it was just, I was looking at it going, that's a weird dynamic. Like, you know, every, every forward loves, especially a goal scorer, like, and Hamilton is a goal scorer. Like you love putting the ball in the back of the net. And I remember he had scored earlier in the year and he was celebrating with the fans. And, and that just looked like someone who just, he just wasn't happy in his football. Um, And not only that, I, I, I was questioning like, well, hold on, like, I wonder what the, t- the dynamic is with, with, with him and the rest of the team because they weren't running over to celebrate with him um, or it didn't seem that way. So that stuck out to me and I thought that was really strange. Um, and I have no doubt he probably wasn't happy uh, to be not playing week in, week out and, and, and being viewed as the main man because he, I have no doubt he came to Indy 11 as a big name signing and someone that was going to be the main man. Um and again, you have Artiaga who scored goals, then he was on the bench, and he, you know, uh, he chipped away. And, and to be fair, Artiaga probably did look the better of the two um, throughout the season. So I don't know what happened, and um, that led to him being uh, mutually parting ways. But I'll be honest, I wasn't surprised um, at all. And I think for the growth of Artiaga, um, it's definitely for him. It's de- and hopefully with the rest of the team, it's definitely a good thing because you're right. Now Artiaga's the main man. There's nobody else. It's it's him. And you can see him growing with confidence. He knows that he's the main man. And, and that will help in terms of goal scoring. And that will give him confidence that, you know, hopefully I'll score every week. But if not, no worries. I'm going to play next week. And, and, and you'll see a, a much, much better, more confident, more comfortable Artiaga now that Jordan Hamilton's gone. And that 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 was my take on the whole thing. Yeah, I think what what all uh, shocked really that that come about because, like you say, no, he wasn't starting as much as 
or the Aga, but I still think because I'll just channel me in a Greg Regstow for a second. But I was looking this afternoon, <laughs> and we've scored with five games this season. We've failed to score any goals at all, and all of those five games have been pretty much one nil losses. So getting rid of a goal scorer just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and I, I get you. I understand, and, and I, I saw some of the comments, a lot of the comments on, on on Twitter, and I get it. It's like, well, hold on, you know. But it's it's for the greater good, and I do believe in that. I, like the 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 Arteaga Hamilton mixed matching, it doesn't work. You need you have to have, you know, like anything, you have to have a a, a main a main actor and a supporting role. And you have to find somebody who's comfortable in that supporting role. And neither of them, I believe, were comfortable in that supporting role because they all wanted the, the position of being the main man. And because of that, you weren't getting you weren't getting 100% Arteaga and you weren't getting 100% Hamilton. So I, I think for the greater good uh, and for a, 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 you'll probably see a more improved and more goal scorer or more consistent goal scorer in Arteaga, I think it, it, it was probably beneficial. Now, you're right. Like if Arteaga is not scoring, well, then who else is going to score? So you have to find somebody else that's capable of coming on and, 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 and nicking a goal. Um, if that's somebody that's already within the squad, great. If not, well, then you, you're going to have to go out and try and find somebody, or maybe it's too late at this stage. I'm not sure. I, I think uh, we have some of the supporting folks there. I mean, you've got Gordon yeah. Wild, who's obviously capable. Um, Nick Moon has been lately has just come out of nowhere to really be that assist, and you know, in the attacking third. I, I think we have the people. Um, you know, it's yeah. to be seen, obviously. I mean, I think we've, and I think you kind of hit it on the head. As a striker, you have to be greedy. Uh, if you're not greedy, I think you're in the wrong business. Um, you should always be asking for the ball, looking for the ball, looking to try to put the ball in the back of the net. That's your job. That's what you get paid to do. And if you're not looking for that opportunity, then what are you doing there? It's kind of a yeah. situation. Greg, your thought, we're getting short on time, guys, and I apologize, but... Um, Anything you want to add, Greg? No, it's just a matter of, I, I think, you know, Eamon, given his history and background, without even being here, is reading a good amount of the issues that maybe were happening behind the scenes. But now, you know, it, it is, it, there's a lot less mouths to feed. <laughs> it is a <laughs> lot shorter rotation uh, that, that, uh, that Coach Rogers is dealing with. That can be both a good thing and a bad thing when you have some injuries that crop up and you're playing for a third time in a week, it's not good. Um, but yes, now you will see, you will see, a, you will see a lot of lineup similarity, which we, which we have not seen really uh, until about this point in time of the season. I'd like and to that, think, Greg, I'd like to think, Greg, with like lineup, if you're getting a more consistent lineup, I would like to think that that will translate into more consistent results. We got about a minute, Jens. And I think it will. I think consistency will, Definitely. And before we close out the session, folks, I have to figure out from Greg, are we ever going to hear squeaky bum time on the commentator <laughs> bingo card? Because are you going to hear what? Are we going to hear squeaky bum time to knock that off the commentator bingo card? If, it, at, if it is a one goal game towards the end on Saturday night, you'll hear it. I will yes. call my shot before, <laughs> the, game, it. before yes. the game kicks off tomorrow night. You'll hear bigger than Belson. So be All ready, right. be ready, be ready to, to, to swipe that off the card <laughs> there as you go, of about seven Oh six on Saturday. 
Go to cuethesmoke.com, check out your card, download it, and get ready for Saturday night's game. Gentlemen, thanks a bunch. We're about out of time. I appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you Saturday, Greg. Tom, Amon, thanks a bunch, guys. I truly appreciate it. Cheers. Take care. I don't know about you, but I sounded really good in these headphones. 